Welcome everyone to another episode of Tudo Português. My name is Angela Samos and I am here with a good friend of mine that I've known for many, many years, Lino Amaral. Lino, how are you, bud? I'm good. Thank good. you for the invitation to chat a little bit about all things Portuguese. É sempre uma boa coisa para falar sobre a portuguesa, so it's all good. Absolutely. And I'm not going to try to speak Portuguese because even though I do conversationally, this is a public thing and I'm no, I don't want to embarrass myself no, too much. No, wor- but, no um, worries. I had, I had to get that, those off of my tongue. Now I'm good. <laughs> Your no parents more. will be proud. Okay. Right. Um, so, so Lino and I have known each other for, I don't know. Longer than we both 30, want to admit, probably. 30 plus years now. And sure. when I think about people that have been involved, like are really involved in the community, like that are doing stuff almost every weekend. Like you're one of the people that come to mind. I mean, you're either helping in the kitchen, you're cooking, you're setting up, Mm -hmm. you're running a program. I mean, just like everything, right? So long list of organizations that you're involved with, but I think we're going to focus on a couple today, which is the San Pablo Hall. And then maybe we'll, we'll touch on the Alvarado Festa as well. But the San Pablo Hall is interesting. And for those of you who don't know where San Pablo is, it is in the East Bay of the California Bay Area. And so, Lino, talk a little bit about kind of the history of that hall. And they have a unique situation with their actual building. And then kind of how that hall has evolved and some things that are working well there. Yeah, so San Pablo is a small community. Used to be a lot of Portuguese people there. And actually, most of them started from the continent Our hall is, there's some question about when it was started, but it's well over a hundred years. We still have a croa there from, I think, I want to say it's like 1888 or something like that. But it used to be associated with the old Maple Hall in San Pablo. And for anyone who's over maybe 45 or 50, they recognize that that name. It's it's a long story. I'm going to cut it short. In the early 70s, those Portuguese people there decided to sell that hall. The buyer of that property was the city of San Pablo. And at the time, and for probably 20 or 30 years afterwards, everyone always talked about San Pablo. Hey, how could you do that? How can you sell the hall? Yeah, you know, what was the some... impetus for selling? Why? What was the rationale there? Well, because I mean... I think if you talk to most, like you said, most owners of the hall, like even if it's not being rented out and it's not being utilized, like we're not selling this piece of property, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think, I think there's the spectrum's pretty wide on that now. I mean, that's part of, part of the problem with all of our Portuguese halls is that there mm-hmm. are some that are managing and have adapted and there are those who haven't, and they're going to go down to, you know, it's going to revert to the state because technically all these things were, I mean, all these halls were part of, you know, the member owned, but then there's usually one or two families that tend to to drive each one of them. Mm-hmm. And so in San Pablo, there were actually a number of, of directors that were involved in, in the city. We have a Joe Gomes, who was, a, I want to say he was the mayor of San Pablo seven or eight times. He was really involved and they struck a deal with the city of San Pablo that was very unique that at the time was, like I said, we were the redheaded stepchild of the of the Portuguese community because we sold the hall. But they were smart enough to write in the contract benefits that would benefit all the members in perpetuity. And those two words made the big difference. So what we got was a hall in the new city the new city hall development in San Pablo 
that we did not pay rent for. We do not never paid insurance for. We could access the rest of the facility 15 days a year with no charge. And all for the trade-off of, I, I, I don't know what they sold, sold the land for and the property for back then, but all I know is that since then, we have not paid a dime for any any use, maintenance, anything in our hall in San Pablo. That's huge, right? Because I mean, well, that's where everyone's struggling alone. now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No maintenance, no insurance. But you're still able to hold 15 festas if you want, right? Well, yeah, we use 15 days. Plus, we have the quiet and enjoyable use of our own space, which was mm-hmm. written written specifically with square footage. Our halls seats about our our individual hall seats about a hundred people. And then the other hall, the main maple hall now is about 350 people. So what's unique is that right before the pandemic hit, the city of San Pablo, I think it was 2017, 2018, they they decided that the new brand new facility that was built on the land of where the former Maple Hall was was not structurally stable because of earthquake retrofitting. So they built a brand new city hall. Well, guess what? When they built a brand new city hall, because of those forefathers, those smart people in San Pablo in the early 70s that rode in, we will always get this much square foot with a kitchen, with this, with that. Wherever you guys go, we will always have that. We just got a brand new hall. New hall. With and a brand new kitchen. Pay, and you didn't have to pay anything. Zero. Wow. Zero. Okay. okay. And so smart now, cookies. Well, yeah, we didn't realize how smart they were until now, because like you alluded to, I mean, I'm 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 up to my eyeballs in you know in a lot of Portuguese things. Um, I've been cooking sopas for San Pablo for about almost 20 years with my uncle Carlos. Actually, more than 20 years with my uncle Carlos. The last year, 15 or so, have been me by by myself. But and then in Union City and at, at Alvarado, and. I see the struggles and because I was involved in Luzo and all these other things, I see the struggles that a lot of these halls have. And it's not only, look, my, I have two millennials. They love going to Festus, mm-hmm. but God forbid they want to get involved in the hall because of the politics, because mm-hmm, of the, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all, all, all these things are involved in it. At the end of the day, all these costs mean that you have to do fundraisers or you mm-hmm. have to have events at your halls. And it literally caught, we, we do Friday night dinners in San Pablo. We didn't do them during the pandemic for obvious reasons. We did some takeouts like three or four during the year, mm-hmm. but those three or four takeouts paid for our festa literally because we don't pay anything for our festa. We get yeah. our cows donated. We don't pay insurance, all those things, all those, we can do a festa for about three grand in San Pablo. Wow. And our board of directors, I'm the old guy on the board of directors at 56. Really? Oh yeah. I'm That's I'm saying something. I'm like the old guy. I mean, our president DJs, I mean, I think he's I think he just turned 30 or 31, something like that. And that's awesome. And Angela Breit is mm-hmm. is on the board too. And so we we have a bunch of young people, but they don't have to be there on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to work bingo or a quinceanera or that's a great point, right? Yeah. Know, any of mm-hmm. those things. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot easier to get buy-in. And then for that, they're like, sure, all I got to do is kind of buy a suit for my festum and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then do a few things here and there. So it's a lot easier to do that. And we don't have this, this financial nut hanging over our head every month that we have to do because we have to repave the parking lot or the roof mm. went out or we need new air conditioners or, you know, whatever the case is. And especially now, 
I mean, during the pandemic, obviously all these halls shut down and those, those things didn't go away. Yeah. You still had to pay the maintenance. You still had to take care of it. Yeah. Sure. You still have, you know, heating and water and albeit it was a lot less because there weren't a lot there, but all those things are still there. It's kind of, it's kind of like a mortgage payment, right? right? I mean, and some halls have taken out mortgages to survive the last few years too. So mm-hmm. then it got compounded by this, you know, by this unique event that we were all thrown into. So from our perspective, we're sitting pretty, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've had a lot, I mean, like I said, I'm involved in Alvarado and they're like, wow, we wish, you know, we that's, pretty, that. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty smart. And, and so now it's becoming smarter because, you know, if, if Sam Pablo, as long as we have a board of directors in place, and that's how it was worked in, as long as we have a board of directors in place there, we will always have a hall with the city of San Pablo. Always. That's great. So talk about, I mean, we would just mention that there's reasons why like millennials and younger people don't want to get involved, but yet you said that you're the old guy on your board. So you've got these 30 somethings involved. Talk about how that evolved or worked, right? And why do you think that you've got such a young group now involved? And and what are some of the events or what are some of the things that you guys are doing there that keeps them wanting to come and, and actually serve on a board or be involved? Yeah, I mean, much like myself, I mean, I got involved because of my parents. And so mm-hmm. they were involved because of their parents. But you know, I mean, for anybody who's who's had parents involved in in these Holy Ghost halls, I mean, you do spend a lot of time there. Like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, every weekend I feel like I have something. I do. I mean, tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm I'm pouring wine at IES in San Jose, and then we have a thank you dinner in San Pablo to thank Alvarado for letting us use their kitchen for our soap push. And so I think that the real advantage is, like I said earlier, is that there's not a lot of commitment. Because mm-hmm. I, I think all of our kids, including mine and and most people in their 20s and 30s, I mean, the, the tons of people that go to Thornton and all that stuff, they, they, they enjoy going and participating. They're, quite, they're proud of being Portuguese. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we, I mean, that's inherent to our culture. But, you know, I mean, life is a little different, you know? I mean, it's instant gratification, um, <laughs> you know, that generation. And so for us... We tried to maximize, we do beer tastings, right? We did a couple of beer tastings. Okay. And we've always had a connection to one of our longtime directors, Lane Almeida, owned the liquor store for years. And so we always had access to to those types of things that -hmm. that made our festas really or our or whatever our functions were were really fun. And we always tended to reach out to some of the other local organizations too. I, I was actually talking to to someone. A couple of days ago, a client of mine who's very involved in the Portuguese community, and I'm not going to say what, from where or who it is, but they're they're in that that boat about the, you know, they haven't had anybody involved for like the last ten years hmm. because it's just not attractive to to go and be involved, knowing that you've got to be there at least two or three, maybe eight days a month if you're going to be a director, and then. They want you to be a director for five years before you become president. And hell no, we're, you know, I mean, the new president coming in, I mean, or the president that he served two years, DJ, he wasn't even a director before. We're like, dude, you want to be president? He's like, sure, why not? 
<laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so, because there was, he's like, what do I have to do? I'm like, well, we have a few dinners and then you got the festa, you got to pick who the queen is. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we got the food covered. We have all this stuff mm-hmm. covered. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a lot easier to recruit, even though our, we have Sam Paulo is not, like I said, is not very Portuguese anymore. So we don't have a lot as of a families city. as a right. city, yeah. you know, and we, we haven't had, you know, like Portuguese dances there in literally probably three decades. You know, we've had, hmm. you know, things you involved. Still have the festa. We've had the festa. We've had, you know, Luzo events that were there that integrated people because most of the people that are members of Luzo were members mm-hmm. of, of San Pablo Holy Ghost. So I just think that that ease of that ease of entry and mm-hmm. less barriers to young people is more attractive to them. Right. It's um, work, working smart, not hard. Right. Like the idea is like willing to work, but I wanna, right. the whole backbreaking work is yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and look, I mean, we, we all, I mean, like I said, I'm the old guy, but I'd mm-hmm. rather work smarter than harder also. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we stand on the shoulders of those who've come before us in in mm-hmm. all of these respects, right? And so they did the backbreaking work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there there may be a way. I I think that solution. So I actually had the city manager of the city of Panol because we've had or the city of San Pablo. We've had discussions about this whole relationship that we have and the hundred or so halls we have in the state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, not, to, I mean, obviously I, I was involved in the East coast and, and the East coast has also had their challenges with mm-hmm. some of these halls. When I ran Luso, we had the Portuguese continental union that had some halls that were, that, that they owned that we had to sell because they were falling apart. They didn't have enough members, all that stuff. But I think it's, it's a possible solution that allows, that will allow us to preserve some of this culture and heritage that we do, as long as we, we have to strip off that pride a little bit mm-hmm. and either do, you know, look at an avenue like we did, right. Where yes, we don't own the building, but we don't pay for nothing. Mm-hmm. And we do have control, right. I mean, every, every city, at least in the state of California that I can think of these halls, I mean, they've got six acres, 10 acres, three acres, whatever. And these cities want to develop that. And the city manager of San Pablo had this conversation with me and he's like, Hey, you know, like there's so-and-so in this city, would they entertain something like San Pablo where we give them a hall, they have access to it in perpetuity forever. And you can put your, you know, your three letters on the outside, whether Mm -hmm. it's SES or IDES or, or whatever, you know, Portuguese community center. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we branding is, is an issue we need to do and look at, or, it's some of these halls that are within a few miles of each other saying, you know what, that piece of property is worth $3 million. Mm -hmm. If we sell that piece of property and we join with this other hall and we use that to fix this hall and we put both of our letters on there. Mm -hmm. Or you just rebrand so that it's a, like you said, Portuguese community center rather than the IDES. I mean, I understand understand the letters because that's the background of the, you know, the Spiritsan piece to it. Right. But you have the letters. I mean, I've been talking about this for 10 or 12 years and, and, you know, Alvarado changed their branding on the outside to say Portuguese community hall about 10 years ago when um, I was working with um, 
with Manuel from La Salette restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he was very involved in Sausalito. And I went to a function there and on the outside, it said Portuguese community center. I'm like, dude, oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Because, because for decades, people have been driving by these these buildings going, uh, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a crown on that. What is that? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> right. They have no idea what it is. And especially now, I mean, obviously in the Portuguese community, we talked about, you know, we don't have immigration, particularly here in California anymore, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of immigration coming to California, right? It's just not Portuguese immigration. Mm-hmm. And these halls that have adapted are the ones that have harnessed that. So mm-hmm. they're doing quinceañeras. Mm. And the Hispanic community is spending, you know, $20,000 on a quinceanera. They're spending mm-hmm. five grand for a Saturday night in Union City to do a quinceanera, which is obviously generating revenue for the Portuguese community. So those halls that don't want to go that way, have opened know, the doors you got to you gotta yeah. go where the money is. Right, you know? sure. Or, or whether it's a, you know, an, an Indian wedding or whether it's a Filipino, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And they get there and they go, oh, wow, we never knew about this place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's a lot of value there, but yeah, I, th- I think we have to consolidate a little bit. I think that's part of the answer. And then maybe something like what San Pablo ha- is, is another yeah. option that people haven't thought about as long the, the, as it's written right. Sure. You know? Like sure. those smart guys in San Pablo back in the early 70s. Those guys were brilliant. <laughs> so the consolidation conversation is a whole other podcast. And it's you're sure. the third, you know, it's funny, you're the third person within the last week that has brought this up. And it's like clearly a lot of us are thinking about it, but yeah. whole other conversation. That well, maybe just, it's maybe, it's the it's the pink <laughs> elephant in the room that nobody right. wants to talk about. Right. right. We talk so, about it in the hallways and, and, yeah, and inside yeah. discussions, but yeah. I want to go back to, let's get back to the San Pablo Hall. And you mentioned Friday dinners because I've long been a fan of utilizing the halls as a gathering place, right? Sure. Like a place for us to go hang out with each other on a regular basis, not just the festa once a year or or yeah. dinners however many times a year. Yeah. And, well, and I mean, that's how they were designed in the first place. I mean, that's how we got to this. Right. And, and I, th- I would. I think some halls in California are are doing this. You know, like I think of Artesia, San Diego has a really nice bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I think yeah. people go, and I think the Newark Sport Club they do Friday dinners. But you know, it, it's not such a common practice. Probably again because we're talking about it's a lot of work. You you know, the directors right. are the ones that are going to run it, and they are all volunteer. And and so, but talk about how the Friday dinners evolved. Like how long have you been doing them? Kind of what do you serve? And then like how does that I imagine that just continues to bring people together on a regular basis and people look forward to it. And so can you talk a little bit about that and how that evolved. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been doing those probably a good 10, 12, got the COVID, the COVID years kind of throw, throw so everything off. off yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be even 15 years, but it, it was, it was, it was a way for us to definitely get together, which mm-hmm. was, you know, it's the last Friday of the month. And we do, you know, maybe it's a calamari dinner, maybe it's a cottonspit dinner, maybe it's a an Italian pasta dinner. We actually had a lot of Italians who pre-COVID would come and loved our dinners hmm. because they were at this stage 40 years ago, right? Right. They still had clubs, Fratellanza and Galileo Club and all that stuff. Well, guess what? 
They don't have that anymore. Yeah. So, so they enjoyed coming to our Friday dinners and we wouldn't, I mean, maybe a couple of them would come to the festa, but it was mainly the Friday dinner, get together, you know, here, mm-hmm. here here's a plate. It's 15 bucks. You get wine, you get bread and you, you get socializing. And, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just yeah. talk and chat and, and then they, you know, they go, Hey, you coming next month? Yeah, I'm coming next month. And so there's a little, you know, it put a little regularity mm-hmm. um, into that with, without it having to be, look, it, it's definitely a fundraiser for us, but it's, it's a lot simpler to do something. And our, our, our Friday dinners were anywhere from 50 to hundred people. So hmm. it's not, it's not huge mm-hmm. um, for somebody like me. Who's had a big family. I mean, that's what I'd have for a birthday party is 50 to hundred people, <laughs> you know, for my kids. Mm-hmm. So cooking, cooking for that is, is fairly simple, but it allows us to, to get together and, it's fun or there's no pressure, right? There's mm-hmm. no, you don't have to get dressed up. You don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, any, any of those other barriers that, and, and actually it was now we've had, I, I do think that one thing that the pandemic has, has done both positive and negative is that it opened our doors to doing takeouts because mm-hmm. takeout yeah, still allows us mm-hmm. yeah, to, to generate, to generate some income with less overhead costs and all that mm-hmm. stuff. The bad thing is, is some people have gotten used to doing takeout and then they won't come to the the dinner. They won't, they won't come to the dinner. (laughs) So we've got to figure out how to pull some of those back, you know, Mm -hmm. by, by maybe making it a little bit more interesting. But I think what we're going to do in San Pablo is we'll, you know, we've talked about doing a, you know, a in-person Friday dinner. And then during the real busy months, we do a takeout Friday dinner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, just to adapt. But yeah, I mean, we've never, we've always been pretty, pretty open in San Pablo and progressive as it comes to, you know, you didn't have to show your Portuguese card at the door, right? <laughs> we, you know, you can be a member of San Pablo Holy Ghost. And if, as long as you enjoy this, you know, we're like, Hey, while you're here enjoying this great dinner for 15 bucks, our dues are $25 a year. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, sure. That's nothing. I'll do that. Yeah, so that's nothing, yeah. I think, I think, you know, like I said, getting back, we've always been very inclusive that way, which mm-hmm. is, part of that other discussion about right, <laughs> you know, right. Another, another discussion part of our challenges but yeah I mean I, I think it's a it's a great little thing and the other thing is is in San Pablo that we're fortunate is that we don't compete with anybody you know yeah there aren't um, a lot of other halls nobody else you. yeah no I mean Vallejo is Venetia is no it's like 20 minutes over the bridge, okay. but it's, it's on the other side of the bridge. And so people are like, don't want to do the Carquinas bridge. People don't want to come this way. So yeah, look, we're fortunate. We don't have that. Right. I mean, whereas, you know, in San Jose or Santa Clara, you've got, not only do you have, you know, the kind Portuguese of on top halls, of each other, mm-hmm. you've got four bands, you've got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all this stuff and you got Posu and you've got, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the soccer clubs. And so, you know, if they all did Friday night dinners, they'd all be, Pulling from the same crowd and then you from the same dilute crowd, it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they could do Wednesday dinners. Maybe. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up on time. What would you like to see happen in San Pablo? Like over the next five, 10, 40 years, what would you, how would you like to see things evolve? Well, I mean, I, I think we're on a pretty good trajectory as it is passing that proverbial torch to the, to the next generation and keeping it there. I mean, but but it's our job now to emphasize those. Look, I don't think a lot of us knew what the rules were before. 
Mm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. those rules of what was successful and and I think it still happens in a lot of halls now, you know, they want they need people for presidents, but they don't really tell them what they need to do (laughs) until they get there. And then they sign up, just sign up, just sign up to be president. And then they yell at them because they're not doing it right. Right. And, and, And so I think for us in San Pablo is is just continuing that message of, hey, look, this is this is the important part. We have to have a board here forever. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if your grandkids and grandkids and if there's just, you know, you guys here, that's this is how important it is, because we need to at least keep this this piece of it alive, our little part, because we are not like I said, there's not a lot of Portuguese in San Pablo, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of I, I'd like to I, look, I'd love to be here 40 years from now. And I don't think that'll happen, but mm-hmm. I'll but make you 96, for, maybe make me 90, 96. But, you know, I'd love to go back to that hall. Well, actually, I probably, you know, in our case, it probably won't be that hall. They'll probably move to another location by then, you know. And yeah. But as long as we have our history there and it's a gathering place where mm-hmm. memories are made, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, we're stu- stewards of, of our, our past and our future. And I think as long as, you know, we can keep that alive, that's, that's all I can hope for there. Hopefully my kids I, will I, be I involved as, as much as it is because I don't live in San Pablo anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I live a half an hour away, but mm-hmm. that's what I hope for. I, I And I think that's a very, I think that's realistic and reasonable to hope for, because as you mentioned, the Italians, there are a lot of them and their clubs have gone by the wayside too. So if we can at least maintain a, a gathering place, I think that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we weren't very good at standing up and, and saying where we are. I mean, there's an Italian restaurant in, in every town. There's uh it's part of, I'm sure most of the people that eventually, you know, listen to this podcast, they probably made some kind of Italian food this week at home. Probably, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's Irish bars in every town. And we don't have anything to point to Portuguese really, other than our soccer team. So hopefully we'll do good in yeah. the, 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 yeah. the cup this I, week. But that's that's a whole other con- you're you're all these I know, podcasts I know, other offshoots. So I you're know. gonna be a, a repeat guest on a lot of these because mm. there's the whole, you know, does it dilute the culture and, and all that if we have one on every corner kind of thing. But anyway, sure. I, another topic for a podcast. So where can people find San Pablo Hall online if they want to come visit, if they want to sign up, if they want to go to a Friday dinner, where do they find you? Um, they can go to, they can, we have a Facebook page, which I didn't prepare to know what it is, but <laughs> if you, right. we'll if, put the link, if, we'll put the link oh, in yeah, the show notes. Could, yeah. Great. Yeah. So San Pablo Holy Ghost Association. Um, you can search that there. All the contact information is there and, I, and everyone's more than welcome. If you ever have anybody wants to to pick our ears about some of these ideas, you know, you can reach out to, to me individually, you can do mm-hmm. that and then we can pass it on through our you know, you can put my contact information in the link sure. too, sure. um, and go from there. Yeah. Well, this has been great. You know, thank you very much. I know that we are going to have you back to talk about a couple of the other organizations that you're involved with, and we'll be doing some webinars as well. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your commitment. No, and dedication. You. Your whole family is like, uh, you know, embedded and has kept a lot of these organizations alive. So we thank you. Well, as is family. yours, as yeah, is yours. I, I mean, <laughs> birds of a feather, right? I mean, know, right? we, 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 we got to keep, we got, we got to do our part. So um, yep, at least agreed. that's the way I was raised. Agreed. So. Well, as our, as our friend Denise Borges says, when somebody tells him, uh, I'm proud to be Portuguese. And he says, that's great. What are you going to do about it? 
I yeah, love that. I, I love that it thing. Is. It's it is per- the- Oh yeah. I mean, it was, we, as a matter of fact, we brought it up on the education conference a, a number of times and yeah. it's, it's absolutely true. It is so, absolutely true. Yeah. 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 Wearing, wearing a Jersey doesn't, you know, that's great, but mm-hmm. what else? Exactly. So, Amen, brother. All Amen. right. Well, thank you very much, Lino. It was great to talk to you as always. And too, uh, thanks. Thanks everybody out there for listening to another episode of Tudo Português. If you have not subscribed to the podcast podcast channel, please do so now. I don't know what you're waiting for because you can hear all of these wonderful conversations about all these organizations and, and clubs and other resources in our community nationally that we all need to be knowing about and supporting. Share this conversation with family and friends so that more people know about these wonderful things. And if you have a suggestion for a guest, please contact us at palcus at palcus.org or message us through Facebook. Thank you very much. And uh, até a próxima. Thank you for listening to Tudo Português, a podcast production by Palcus, the only national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community. To learn more about Palcus, how to become a member, or to suggest a guest for our show, visit www.palcus.org or email us at palcus at palcus.org. <laughs>